Hello and welcome to episode 19, unofficial SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is November 27th and together with Robert and Goran, we're here to talk about anything <laughs> about anything on related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hello. Hey. Hi. Great. Today we have a special guest, a new special guest, um, Roman Broich, um, who will talk about, um, let's put it like anything related to data. Um, but before we go there, um, like always, let's quickly take a look at um, what happened this week. I think my screen sharing failed. Let me try to do it again and share uh, the screen. So now come on. Teams is acting up. Let me get yeah, it. It's Friday evening in Germany, you know, you need time to work. Ah, here we go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Good. So to start with, a new block. Um, Goran, I think you found this block. Yeah, that's a <clears throat> blog written by a colleague of mine, Ravi Alvani. Um, actually talks about how to install SAP with Oracle with so-called ASM or um, ASM is a so-called uh, automatic storage management from Oracle. Um, it's a, basically, typically, if you wouldn't use it, you would need to a stripe the disk and you would need to format with some kind of um, um, yeah, uh, file format, which is a one possible way. But Oracle has also an own uh, um, file system and basically it can also stripe the disk and customer love to use it. And it's very much used uh, quite a lot. The the thing is that it's very complicated. You know, there are many, many details. So Ravi basically explained really nice detail how you can install it, let's say, with the latest version of Oracle and as well as Oracle Linux um, Enterprise. Really step by step, there are some uh, difficult parts to do it, but he did it uh, perfectly in detail. We have also Oracle customers, so I believe it would be uh, quite helpful. Actually, it's on Linux. Yeah, it's a Linux part. So very yeah. useful, a very useful part one. Part two would be, I believe, high availability with the uh, data guard. I think so. Yeah. So I, I think forward. the interesting thing for me is that um, obviously running SAP on Oracle in the cloud is quite tricky. Um, not, not because it, it doesn't work, but from this support perspective that Oracle and, and SAP, they clearly say you need to run Oracle Linux, for example. Um, I mean, or on Windows, I think or that's Windows, also yeah. important. Mm -hmm. yeah. But um, that is obviously also a huge blocker for a lot of customers. And I think um, on the Microsoft side with Azure, we are actually in a, in a very good position because we do support Oracle Linux and, and there is an official certification to really run SAP workload um, with Oracle. Um, on Azure. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. So the next one would be. The next one would be uh, Sachin wrote a blog on how to um, deploy S4 HANA using the activated appliances. So it's an interesting, um, I mean, approach. I mean, he mentioned okay, you can use Subcal, which is basically using appliance. Appliance means 
you do not install it using SAP installer or maybe HANA installer for the database, but basically use apply appliances, a bunch of files. So it would be a bunch of data files and as well as the user sub, uh, central services and application server files. And basically you just unpack, download it. Interesting, it's also uh, available on a download manager next to the installer installation and upgrade path. Um, exactly, and you download it, um, extract it, and attach, uh, put it to the files, and then you would run uh, actually um, a HANA installer to do a rename to change the HANA SIT, and also then you would use uh, subpins to do a subpins rename, which would basically put another SIT if you want to do it. Yeah, mm. and there's a so basically it should be maybe a bit, um, could be a bit more. Um, faster way to install something because typically, I mean, if I ignore downloading and unpacking, but typically renaming on HANA and renaming of uh, uh, application server layer goes much faster than complete installation, which is basically loading the whole content in the database. So the, if the content is bigger, of course it takes longer time. Rename is basically much faster, maybe more um, more a uh, lesser prone, so to say, yeah, could be also said. So interesting way how you can do how customer can also do. Meaning also it's opportunity to do uh, automation around it as mm. well. So cloud appliance library exactly doing exactly the same stuff. Only mm. they automate it on their I side. Have, they use appliances. Yeah. I have to admit I was actually surprised that SAP offers um, these files for download because I yeah. thought. Um, you can only get it via the SAP Cloud Appliance Library. I mean, especially this S4HANA fully activated. Correct. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's obviously and nice. Uh, what, what about licenses? How long I can play with that? So th uh, that's the interesting thing. I mean, if you deploy it via Cal, you also. I mean, days. there's a 30-day um, trial. Yeah. But then you need to have a Cal license. If I understand this correctly then um well obviously you you need to apply for a license um oh, okay but uh i i guess if this is a um, test system i i would assume that you, you can get as, this. as far as i remember at least on the sap side um when you do a rename it will install a temporary license like if you would do a new installation meaning oh. i don't know maybe one month or something like this you know, okay. so ABAP system can can work with this temporary license, meaning you would need uh, to install it sooner or later. Uh, I mean, the permanent one. Not quite sure on the HANA side, but could be also HANA is also when you install it. I mean, comes with the temporary license, right, for some time. Yeah. So if it's renamed, probably it's done the, the same way. Um, but maybe it's interesting because here it's also you have a higher version of the products, meaning. Um, if you would install a lower one, you would need to patch it. You know, here this is basically already patched, right? Okay. So this is also kind of um, uh, maybe also if someone would think about the um, automating of the stuff, it's um, it's easier to get not only the one product, but also the patch product. Mm -hmm. Because if you would even automate installation, you would need to also think how to automate the patching, which is a bit maybe more complicated, but it's also extra step. And here you have appliance which is already patched, so to say, so you yeah. just attach, yeah. Well, it's definitely interesting. I mean, he did mention somewhere <laughs> that 
especially downloading all the software takes some time, obviously. It's huge. Um, I tried, it's huge. Okay. And there's, there's a tip for that. You know, if you want to play with that in Azure, and of course, this is the reason why we are talking about that solution, you can, uh, for example, install one small virtual machine and then uh, the pool, the, the, the bits, directly from that machine in Azure, and it's much faster as you are downloading first on your local machine and then transfer, transferring back. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I guess it will take some time, but but it's definitely yeah. worth um, taking a look at this. Yeah, I, I agree. Good. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is a blog from Martin, Martin Pankratz. Um, uh, we had him on the, on the show so, some time ago, and um, this is again a really nice blog. Um, so if you are using CPI, if you are using iFlows um, and the um, Cloud Platform Integration Services, uh, he outlines there in a, in a nice way how you can actually um, set up your, your, um, your infrastructure so that, that you can really have a failover scenario and, and what it actually means um, for, for existing iFlows. Um, it's, a, again, a very detailed, a very... Um, interesting block so similar like the, the the one for the for the oracle yeah here it's it's 16 minutes to to read but i think um if you are yeah. fast <laughs> you can go fast i mean if if you understand what is iflows and cpi can you tell us what is iflows and what is cpi oh, briefly good, good point yes um so um when well let's let's come from the the on premise world uh, so if you connect different SAP systems. That, that's where it's all coming from. If you connect your HR system to your ECC system, or then if you need to connect to governments or something like that, um, SAP has always had these process orchestration or um, process integration um, that uh, helps you to connect these systems. And then some time ago, SAP moved into the cloud, obviously, and they offered CPI, Cloud Platform Integration Services. And one of the huge benefits of this integration, from my point of view, is that SAP offers via the API Business Hub pre-configured iFlows. So if you are um, an organization that needs to send um, tax information to the government in Germany or in Spain or in whatever, um, then SAP provides you with pre-configured iFlows and you just need to download them, basically implement them. You can still modify them. But um, the, um, the, the initial mapping of, look, my fields is called email, but the receiving um, system um, needs the name e-mail or whatever. This is all already pre-configured and there are really lots of these iFlows available. So I see CPI being used um, by a lot of customers, especially when it comes to SAP to SAP integration. Think of success factors integrating to your S4 system or an Ariba connecting to uh, your ECC system or something like that. Um, that's where I see it a lot. Or when it's really to um, government um, organizations where you, again, need to send your, your taxation information over to, to the government. It is to some extent similar to our BizTalk Logic App story, obviously. Mm -hmm. But especially again, when it comes to SAP to SAP integration, um, CPI and the iFlows are, are really, really powerful actually. And Martin, I think before he joined Microsoft, um, he was actually working at a, um, at a company where he was doing a lot of consulting work um, for CPI and, and iFlows and stuff like that. So I think he, he really knows a lot um, in this area. And uh, yeah, in, in this blog, he addresses one of the issues 
um, that, that customers um, can see when using CPI. Okay. Now I can read it in 60 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. Okay. Um, Good. We, we talked about logic apps, um, and one other thing in in the similar context is Power Platform, Power Automate. And uh, you all know I I really like um, the Power Platform. Uh, and there is now um, uh, a course on Udacity for for free available on the Microsoft Power Platform. It's a really I I have to admit I, I didn't watch everything yet, but it's a really um, nice introduction in what the Power Platform is, what you can do with it, how you can actually create an application with Power Apps. So if you want to take a look at this, um, just sign up and 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 take a look. Give it a try. I will take a look. Perfect. <laughs> so one candidate. <laughs> I, I wasn't involved, but but some other colleagues from Microsoft. Ne next next session, Goran need to present everything what he Ooh. learned there. Yeah, yeah. We'll step have a by quiz. step. And, <laughs> good. Uh, good. Um, then the um, So for the German um, speaking audience, um, the. The DSAC Technology Days um, are coming up, um, like with um, DSAC Live. It's again a virtual event um, on February 3rd and, and 4th. Uh, I personally like the, the Technology Days quite a lot. Um, the, the, the focus, is the, the title says, is, is really on the technology. So we see a lot of, um, or we typically have a lot of um, uh, presentations that are more, yeah, technology focus, so I, I'm sure we'll see some stuff about the SAP Cloud Platform again. And obviously, um, also from the Microsoft side, we'll have some some sessions that talk about the integration. We have some customers already that um, suggested sessions. So I think this this can be a re really nice event again. So hyper change. Um, yeah, if you are a DSAC member, make sure to, to subscribe. <coughs> um, actually, I think in, in two weeks, we'll have TechEd, right? So SAP TechEd. So this will also yeah. be interesting to see um, what's coming up there um, at TechEd. Um, in order to bridge the time to uh, to Christmas, then um, Roman um, actually um, around TechEd <laughs> <laughs> parallel. No, not parallel. What around TechEd? Around so tech, tech intensity. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's perfect. Um, I I think this is a really interesting um, new series that you um, released or started here. I mean, it's addressing for now um, German partners mainly, um, but we have um, Tobias Niekamp um, talking about monitoring. I think we also had him on the show some time ago with Martin Repple um, talking about the whole single sign-on Azure Active Directory integration. I think we talked about two of his blogs um, around um, principle propagation and stuff like that. So I think that's also, I mean, Martin also will will probably have a really good session there talking about the whole um, single sun on area. And then also the last one, again, just from Martin, he's also talking about the power platform, I guess. Yeah, here also talking about the power platform. So I think this will also be really, really interesting. So if you are, um, a partner in Germany, then make sure to register. We'll certainly also put the, the link in the in the show notes. Yes, and we are currently in prepar preparation for our first or fourth session. 
Um, so we will have a dedicated force session for partners uh, where we have some some kind of an annual meeting and uh, look back for the year. Um, we are currently setting up everything, additional invite links, and we will even have some surprises for the first um, 30 participants. Perfect. Stay, stay tuned, uh, more to come. We are currently setting up everything, um, including some surprises. Cool. Yeah, so so once the, the, the link is available for the registrations, we'll definitely also mention it here. But yeah, really looking forward to it. So with this, actually, um, Roman, let's hand over to you. Maybe you can quickly introduce yourself and then I'm really looking forward to uh, the topics that you are going to present. Yeah, so as first of all, many thanks for the invitation. Um, happy to be here and thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Roman Broch, Cloud Solution Architect, um, teammate of Robert and teammate of Niels, who uh, was in the show before. So obviously I'm working in the one commercial partner organization within Microsoft Germany, and uh, we are focusing on, on working with partners. Um, I joined Microsoft um, roughly two years ago, so 2019, April, from SAP. Um, so in SAP, I worked at pre-sales and consulting, and I started to read my first books about data warehousing around 2000. <laughs> And uh, so I have a long history in, in, in data, data management, and data platforms. And today I will present everything about data, which is known as 43. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to explain the joke. <laughs> um, Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. The right? Galaxy. Now yeah. I think it's a nerd joke. Well, yeah. well, no. <laughs> um, but since um, Niels, was the last presenter and he presented about CAF. I obviously have to continue with CAF as well. And um, so somehow, of, of course, I have to, to bridge because it's an SAP on Azure podcast and uh, how does it relate to SAP on Azure. And um, when we have a look at the cloud adoption framework, um, we have to scroll down. So there's some preparation, obviously, where you have to let's say migrate your SAP workloads to, to Azure. Um, but as soon as you did it, um, of course, many customers are looking for innovation scenarios. And um, if you have some a look at the cloud, platform, uh, the cloud adoption framework, uh, you, you might see some use cases, for example, like democratized data, um, predict and influence, which are obviously related to technologies around artificial intelligence, machine learning, maybe some Kubernetes stuff with, with container and Dockers to, let's say, utilize SAP data. Um, but however, at the most enterprise customers we are currently working with and partners in Germany, of course, SAP, SAP always plays a role as a data source, right? So um, if you are building AI scenarios, machine learning scenarios, you typically want to learn something about your customer, about your products, about your supply chain, um, and as soon as you are trying to connect to an enterprise data store, of course, um, SAP plays a role. And that's why I'm, I'm trying to, let's say, create a, to, to create a bridge to those use cases um, around cloud adoption framework, which, of course, are as well related to technology um, at Microsoft. And, of course, today we will focus on integration technologies like, like Data Factory um, to integrate SAP. Next one, um, like 
one one side, let's say, of integration of SAP with um, Azure technology is Azure's use cases. Um, like I said, mainly related to AI services um, or to IoT, for example. And what we are seeing here are typical, let's say, like an enterprise architecture view of capabilities um, many customers and partners are looking for. And um, what is important from my perspective, um, we are not looking at product names. Um, what I found far more interesting um, are, let's say, capabilities around governance, um, like, like how to prevent not your technology to become a, let's say, technical debt. Because um, if you have a new platform, a new technology, especially around the topics of data platform um, and data services, um, typically you, you would like to utilize new services like, like DevOps, like deploying your data warehouse using DevOps pipeline. Uh, maybe you would like to include telemetry services or, or audit technologies or audit trails. And as soon as you're using a, a, a platform like, like the Azure, you have those services built in and you always have the option to combine, let's say, those services like AI, machine learning, or data platform with, let's say, ex additional infrastructure services, which helps you to operate, ma maintain um, your platform in a perspective, I would say, around 10 to 20 years, maybe, if you have a look like how old or, let's say, how far let's, um, typical data warehouses grew in, in the last years. Um, so this is uh, the time frame I'm looking at. Um, if you have a look on data warehouses, which we see at, at customers on-premises, um, some of them are 10 years plus, and um, those services around help you really to operate and to maintain those, those services for, for a longer time frame. Um, coming back to, to SAP and data integration, um, having a look, let's say, at a random <laughs> big data architecture, um, in this case, we have a, let's say, Azure reference architecture um, for integration of, of streams and um, let's say scheduled ingestion, which would be, for example, SAP data using Azure Data Factory. And li like I said before, as soon as you have new use cases um, in, in the area of, of IoT or maybe software platforms, um, you, you always have, let's say, the requirement to combine SAP data with this new kind of data. Um, this new kind of data is typically, I would say, created by software, because I would say IoT and streaming data is typically software creating data, and um, applications as well, logs and events, is, is data created by, by software. And um, that's why you, you somehow need to combine the software grant um, generated data and so let's say classical traditional enterprise data. And um, if it comes to our Microsoft stack, um, and we would assume SAP is a business app, then we would utilize Azure Data Factory um, to combine SAP data with, for example, IoT or streaming data. Um, since I'm, I'm working in the partner organization, I, I will present and, and demonstrate some examples we, we worked on with partners. And um, if we have a look at these patterns where you would let's say, ingest streaming data and, and, and batch data. Um, we worked with one partner, which is DataWord. And uh, of course, we will share those links later on. Um, but DataWord uh, provides an add-on for SAP, which is DataWord Glue. 
um, which exactly enables this use case, um, for example, where you would like to ingest um, streaming data or real-time data from SAP into the direction of event hubs, for example, where you would afterwards have a, let's say, cloud-native scenario um, where you would co combine event data using Azure Functions or, or, or Cosmos DB to just present one, one example how you could even utilize partner technology to stream events um, to, to Azure tech Stack. Because I think, Roman, the, the interesting thing, obviously, I mean, once the data is in Azure, um, or once the data is in, in the SAP side, then it's always very easy. But um, bridging this um, th these these data pools from SAP to, to Microsoft, for example, that's where then the, the real value of this data glue functionality comes in. After then, like you shown, like you show here, I can use standard functionalities to use Azure Functions to access the event hub and then put it into a Cosmos DB and then do analytics and whatever around this. Exactly. So where we can see it already here, um, those little letters, insert, update and delete, mm -hmm. um, which, which means like change data capture um, or CDC, of course, is very, very prominent um, requirement if you work with SAP data. And let's say, depending on your scenario, if it's more like, like streaming data or, or batch data, um, if you need more, more metadata or more, more event-driven, um, you have different tools which perfectly then would match to your requirements. And this would be one example where you would more go to into the direction of, of streaming data um, with a, let's say, native Azure architecture using Azure Functions and Cosmos DB. Mm -hmm. um, Going back, so this would be one option for, for streaming. Um, for typical, I would say, data warehousing analytics scenario where you would utilize um, Azure Synapse Analytics. Um, here we have Azure Data Factory in place, which is a, a, a cloud-based data ingestion platform. And um, Azure Data Factory comes with a lot of connectors, of course, and um, data ingestion option and transformation and harmonization. And um, we have a very good, good document, um, which is provided by the um, Azure Data Factory development, which specifically focuses on, on SAP integration. And um, here we have a really good overview about the connectors and um, probably the most important connector, which we see here, would be the SAP table connector, um, where you would connect from Azure Data Factory against an SAP ECC system. I can hear. Roman, is it just me or? I can okay. hear as well. Oh, okay. Oh, Mike. Mike. Uh, no, it's now, okay. no. now I can hear you again, yeah. Okay. So let's keep it here. Um, and um, there's a table connector is probably the most important connector um, when, when integrating data from SAP using Azure Data Factory. And um, here you have the option to connect against um, SAP ECC, S4HANA. You are connecting against the ABAP layer, the application layer, and there are options um, for, for parallel loads, and it's very suitable for um, high-performance data ingestion. Um, so this would be the first starting point if you would like to dive deeper 
um, in, into data integration from SAP to, to Azure using Azure Data Factory. Um, this document is an excellent starting point, giving an overview of what is required and what is possible. And um, if you would like to go one, one step deeper, hands-on, um, with a very good um, GitHub repository by our colleague Bart, who's working at Microsoft as well. And um, Bart created some very detailed and, and, and very useful examples how to ingest data um, from SAP, even with the different kinds of, of interfaces like OpenHub or ECC table. And if you would like now click here, you even get a very detailed step-by-step -step guide, um, which is really excellent, how to connect against the SAP system, how to fetch data, how to collect tables, and um, how, how to push it to, to Azure. Um, so this would be, I would say, so the next level, if you really would, can, would like to get hands-on, um, start with the, with the PDF from our development and try the GitHub examples, um, which are provided by Bart. Cool. And um, the next step then would be, um, which is as well an excellent document, um, some best practice um, guidance by, by Sachin, who is of course a colleague of us as well. And uh, Sachin gives some best practice guidance how to improve performance. And I would say these are really amazing numbers, um, how you, you are able to improve the performance by, by doing some configuration steps in Azure Data Factory as well as in SAP. So just to, to highlight, so before the changes, it took like two and a half hours to do something, whatever it is. Um, but then after his improvements, it only took two minutes and then 45 five seconds. Exactly. So the throughput, yeah, okay. So this is probably important for those kind of live as much as possible, getting uh, data basically. So. Um, I mean, up-to-date data, I've, you know, in the streaming, you know, it needs to get pushed. So you need to have a throughput, I would assume. Yeah. You have to have a lot of throughput, of course, um, because if you have a larger SAP tables, especially in, in certain uh, industries like, like retail um, or, or telecommunications, you have to have a lot of updates within your largest tables and you have to have a lot of throughput to replicate the latest changes, of course. Um, to, to Azure, or sometimes you even have to do something like an initial load. Mm -hmm. um, if you replicate so the full system to Azure, for example, if it's if it fits, then you have the replication um, performance of uh, three megabytes per, per second in, in this example. Cool. Mm -hmm. cool. Okay, so this would be let's say um, the starting points if you are let's say looking into the direction of, of Azure Data Factory and SAP integration. Um, what you have to have in mind, so I, I found this great web, web page, um, which is called sapdatasheet.org, which I really like to demonstrate something, um, because after you, re you replicated the tables from SAP ECC to, to Azure Blob or to Azure Synapse, the next step is, let's say, to make the SAP data meaningful. Because um, this one is probably, if you are German, quite obvious, which is Geschäftsjahr, Belegnummer, um, which would be accounting yeah. document number or, or fiscal year. Um, nevertheless, it's just a single table um, which represents the accounting document segment. 
And if you have a look at the SAP data model, and here's some, some nice help, um, you have to know a lot of columns, inclusive the meaning, maybe in, in, in multiple languages. And you have to add a lot of joins afterwards um, to really, let's say, as well include all relevant master data um, to really be complete um, in, in case it's required. So what I would like to say, re replication and fast replication and using the application interface is the, the first step. Um, the second step would be, um, let's say, to create a meaningful data model to, let's say, add metadata to the SAP table to really make them available to the end users or to the data scientists because typically data scientists are not experts in SAP mm -hmm. data. Yeah. I will not comment this normalization of these tables. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, like S4HANA, there are views, right? So S4HANA has CDS views. Uh, some, of, some of them are even able to extract data, which would be the next topic then. Um, because if you have some background in, in SAP, um, you of course know that there are some some alternative options for, for data extraction. However, since we are working with partners and um, you probably don't want to reinvent the wheel in terms of combining those tables um, to, let's say, add the description of the columns, and we have a partner who, who is called Verovis and they created a SAP on Azure data pool, um, which is a transactionable marketplace solution, which means by pressing a button, you get a deployment on Azure, which includes Azure Data Factory and Azure Data Lake, um, and provides some predefined data models for SAP. Uh, so I would say this is really a great direction that we are working with partners and partners providing, first of all, fully automated infrastructure, um, which customers are able to deploy into the landscape first. And second, that those partners uh, are using, um, let's say, their, their SAP expertise to create predefined data models, which makes the consumption of SAP data much easier. So in this solution, and, and I guess we have other partners as well, but in this solution, I would just take the template um, from them and this template would via ARM um, deploy the required components in my subscription, so really in my customer subscription. Yes. And then I could use, like you said, their expertise to connect to the SAP system. The data would get pulled into the components, the services that I have now running in my subscription, which obviously I also need to pay for. Um, but yeah, that uh, sounds, sounds really good. Mm -hmm. And you, you are getting some predefined data model to really make this um, data consumable for, for data scientists and data, data engineers who, who didn't spend the last 10 years in SAP. Yeah. <laughs> learning those tables and, and the joints. And I would say it's an excellent direction to really provide data and, and metadata on, on top of our technology stack to really make SAP consumable in an easy fashion. Yeah, because I think, I mean, we, we are, I mean, Microsoft has some, some fantastic technology, but we are probably not the experts on the SAP data model. And that's exactly where the, the, the knowledge from the partners can, can really help us get the best of both worlds. So they can leverage our technology, um, like then here Azure Data Factory or whatever, 
but they have the expertise on, on how to work with the data model on the SAP side and how to map whatever is, is, is there and how to react on this. Exactly. So that's that's why I'm, I'm showing some partner examples. Like you said, we have, we mm -hmm. have multiple partners and then I will, of course, show some, some more examples. But this would be then the Azure Data Factory um, SAP integration. Um, one would be, let's say, that's a technical integration, so fast performing integration um, by replicating tables from SAP, ECC from S4HANA, or you could utilize BW um, in, in case you need to consume those data models and then push data into the direction of, of Azure. Mm -hmm. um, this would be the first step. Uh, there, there, of course, are, are more options. And like I said, if you have some deep background in, in SAP, SAP BW, um, you might have heard the term um, business content extractors or BW extractors, um, which doing a, which are doing a certain job for you. Um, those um, business content extractors don't, let's say, expose tables as an API, they expose business objects. Like um, if I would like to consume a customer from SAP, I don't need to know which tables I need to model a customer. I just need to get the data from the extractor because in the background, the ext extractor knows how to collect the data from the different tables. And I would say a customer is a very simple use case. Um, if you know SAP quite well and BW, non-cumulative key figures or special, let's say, key figures for, for logistics and inventory are quite tricky to calculate. And those are services which are provided by operational data provisioning um, by, by business content extractors. And um, this is as well a second option how to consume SAP data. It, it, make, it makes, makes it more like, like a model-based approach instead of a table-based approach. And of the second very important feature of this, I would call it an API, is um, change data capture or, or let's say a delta queue. So the interface not only takes care of providing models instead of tables, it also takes care of um, calculating deltas or, or change data capture, especially for certain key figures from, from SAP source systems. So this would be another option. And like, like I said, we have, we have multiple partners we are working with. Um, so a, ne a next partner would be Seobalt. And um, Seobalt provides an interface for Seobalt extract, which would be ODP operational data provisioning where you then could connect um, the CUBALT tooling against um, SAP OData, uh, ODP sources to utilize model instead of tables and to utilize change data capture or, or the Delta queue. So this would mm -hmm. be another partner option, depending where the customer is coming from, what is the scenario. Um, this is something like, like I would say, architecture work um, to, to understand and to, to define which... Uh -huh let's say solution is, is the best suitable for the requirement of the customer or partner. So to summarize, we offer connectors, which yep. can connect, pull the table, but they put an add value add on by abstracting those um, tables and basically making the consumption much easier. So you don't have to know what those table means and uh, 
to translate the German names of the tables or look in the description as you were showing. Yeah, okay, it's a value add-on, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like the model would be the customer model instead of having to know which tables you need to join right. okay. <laughs> to, to, let's say, replicate the customer and how to identify new customers or deleted customers or something like this. Mm. Cool. So what would they use the customers? I mean, like, um, what would be some scenarios, maybe if you've seen, I mean, that such solution would be implemented? Yeah, just, just a second. Um, like, like in the beginning, um, typically, if, if you have a look at IoT scenarios, um, where you would have something maybe like predictive maintenance, um, you probably need some material data from an SAP system um, to identify which spare parts need to replace. Or if a, a service employee um, needs to be scheduled from, I don't know, SAP HR or success factors. Um, so you, you always have a, a, a portion of SAP data if you are looking in, in those new use cases which somehow working with data for AI or machine learning. And of course, I would say classical data warehousing in, in terms of Azure Synapse, enterprise data warehousing, um, where of course for the most customers who run SAP, SAP data is, is mandatory as well. Okay, mm. makes sense, yeah. And finally, um, if you are looking, let's say, for, for more information and um, our latest updates from, from Microsoft, um, I would recommend to, let's say, sign up or to register um, for this event, which um, is hosted by Sacha Nadella, um, where we give some, some updates about Azure data and our analytics tools. Um, so this would be really interesting, probably, if, if you are looking into the, this direction and want to learn about the latest updates from, from Microsoft. Um, this event is probably mandatory and um, highly recommended. Interesting. So, so do you have already some insights <laughs> what we'll talk about here? Uh, nobody told me. Ah, <laughs> <What's okay. laughs> Surprise. No, but it sounds definitely very interesting. Um, the um, follow demos to see native integration of Power BI and Azure Synapse Analytics. Yeah, sounds quite interesting. And it's yeah. just before TechEd, so. And probably related um, to Azure governance. I, I mean, if it comes to governance, um, data catalogs typically play a role. Um, data lineage, that you understand how your data flows from SAP to Power BI. Um, so I could imagine that, that um, governance is maybe mm -hmm. related to those topics as well. Um, so I highly recommend it um, to get our cool. latest updates, what we are doing in this direction. So perfect. So if you hear this, um, make sure to uh, register. The, the event is on December 3rd. Yeah, so there's a little time left. So, so that's good. Great. Okay. That's it good. from our side. Nice. Super. Thank you. Oman, thank you very much. I think that was a very good, I'll say, a first introduction because I hope that we'll have you again um, here and then maybe we can go into some specific details and you can share some 
some other scenarios that you're working on. But I think that was a really, really good um, overview and introduction of, of the different flavors. And, and again, maybe we can have you back to talk about some other stop topics. Sure. Always a pleasure. Um, thanks uh -huh. for the invitation. I think next time is Martin again. Martin Pankratz. He's working now on some demos. Perfect. It's my turn again. I actually think till the end of the year we are already booked, but then in, in <laughs> January we'll have some some free slots again. And some Minecraft, of course. So and some Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Great. Um, with this, I think we're done. I'm ready for the weekend. Yep. Thank you very much, everyone. And we'll see each other um, next week. So, thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye.